drink cinema. Jeez. Welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. Two brothers reviewing movies, two drinks at a time. I'm Lee. I am Brett. And this week we are continuing our anniversaries, which I'm not going to say every week because that's what we're doing all year. Yep. And we are looking at Cabaret, which was 1972. Correct. So it is 50 years Yay. of Cabaret. I'm getting much better at the maths. The By movie, the end of the yes. year, I will have got it. So yeah, 50 years since the iconic Liza Minnelli movie. Now, from now on in, as part of the Chad S. Minquo score, yep. we are going to make a drink from the movie. We're going to sometimes make two drinks from the movie because yes. we are two drink cinema. Yep. So this week we are making two drinks that are from Cabaret or inspired by Cabaret. Yeah. So our first drink for Cabaret, yeah, the movie musical, yes, is apparently, according to Maximilian, yeah, a very famous German cocktail. Oh, yeah. And the word cocktail is used as broadly as possible. Yes. Because this is a cocktail called Turk's Blood, which sounds horrendous, which sounds racist, and should be at Dracula's, the theater restaurant that we've <laughs> referred to in an earlier episode. But what it is, it is Two parts, traditionally, two parts burgundy, three parts champagne. Yes. But we just went to the local Dan Murphy's. Yep. And we have got two parts red, red wine. Yep. And two parts Jacob's Creek. Three parts. <laughs> three parts. Sparkling. Jacob's Creek sparkling white. <laughs> yeah. Because we only have one Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not going champagne and burgundy. So we're going to try oh, this apparently famous... Uh, German cocktail live right now. So, cheers, cheers, brother. Cheers. It's not... It's actually not too bad. I expected it to be much worse. <laughs> the colour does... You can see why it's called blood. It like The colour is that of a jelly in a Turkish delight. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks Turkish. But also I will say, probably have two of these and you're done. Like, that's already feeling yeah. it a bit, I think. It's the bubbles plus the red. I would also chill it more. Yeah, I think chilled red would be better. And chill the glass. Chilled glass. We did not chill the glass before we made it. So the recipe for this is on our Insta. Yep. Uh, and we'll come later when we have our own two-drink cinema cocktail recipe yes. book. Um, so Turk's blood, that's it. So there we'll work go. through that. It's not through the uh, rest of the episode. T- today, on the day we are recording, it's about 30 degrees. Yeah. I don't think it's really a summer drink. Yep. Um, also, I don't know how old this um, red, red wine, wine is. is. I expected it to be a lot l- worse than that. It's kind of, it's quite bland. Yeah, I think that might also be what we've made it with, though. The generic $7 bottle the of The $7 bottle sparkling? of sparkling, yep. <laughs> So, anyway, that's Turk's that's Blood. Turk's Blood. Our first of two drinks Yep. for Cabaret. We're now going to do a little pause. Mm-hmm. While we make a Cabaret We're going cocktail. to make a cocktail that is titled a Cabaret. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. 
Our second drink. Our second drink. Is an actual cocktail. Yes. Would you like to tell us about it, Brett? Because okay. you made it. So what I did is Googled cabaret cocktail. Um, and the ingredients are uh, dry gin, dry vermouth. Yes. A little bit of absinthe. A little bit of uh, chartreuse or um, Benedictine. Yes. Which sometimes is available or too expensive. Yes. Um, and a little bit of bitters. So, so it's yes. like a, t- a twist on the classic martini, but it's pink. So gin, vermouth, vermouth chartreuse with a little bit of absinthe and a little bit of bitters, shooken up with ice in your cocktail shaker. Shooken up with ice, And poured yep. into our little... Little coupe. Little champagne coupe. coupes. Good looking coupes, whoever bought you these. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Let's see. Oh my Ooh. God, that is disgusting. <laughs> it definitely has bitters. <laughs> <laughs> and we've lost Brett. Can I just say, <laughs> I should have said this before. Oh, I'm not a big fan of gin. <laughs> it's um, oh, And dry gin. Oh no, I can't drink it. Oh, Did I get the one with more absinthe? <laughs> oh no. I don't think it's too bad. Oh, jeebus. But it tastes like spicy oh. gin. Yeah, it's definitely got bitters in it. Oh, my God, I need a cider. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to have a slight pause um, so Brett can go and get an extra drink. Pass me that because I'll have it. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, taste, taste this one and tell me if it tastes different Sorry, to Maximilian, but I don't like your cocktail. Oh, People might like it, though. Yeah, some people will like it. People who like martinis and stuff might like it. That's definitely stronger. Thank you. That second one you made, remember, I put a little bit too much bitters in. Yeah, okay. I think <laughs> that, that. Um, I think that I was going to say, it's no, well, it's, I made them, so it's my fault. But anyway. It's a dash of bitters. And a, I think we put more than a few drops <laughs> of absinthe in. All right. They so look nice. When this comes out in the... Two Drink Cinema cocktail recipe book, follow the instructions. Yep. Because mine's okay. I'll drink them. Go for it. We'll pause. You get a cider. Yep. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. If you'd like to support us further, head over to patreon.com slash two drink cinema. As a patron, you gain access to exclusive bonus episodes and can contribute to the making of Two Drink Cinema. The support of our patrons can help us go from a D-grade flop to a box office blockbuster. Patreon.com forward slash Two Drink Cinema. Cheers. All right, I'm back. Good, there's my cider. (laughs) Brett's back with the cider. I'm into this bitter gin business. This tastes like shit now. It's a good little glass, though. Have a Dorito that's left over from Wayne's World. Dorito. <laughs> All right. We're, now we'll talk about the movie. The drink that's in the movie is terrible, and the drink inspired by the movie, Brett couldn't drink. But Brett loves the movie. I do. Did you? I was all right. Well, I think it was... Inter- I've seen it maybe once before. Yeah. And I think because, like, you know of Cabaret... 
before I'd seen it. Well, this is the thing. I've never seen the movie, but I know, like, it's iconic Liza. Yeah, and the music's quite iconic. And because, I think, because all I knew of the musical and the story, I'll say the story, before seeing it was the music that I didn't realise or know how much it was also about Nazis. Yes. The the music, it's interesting in terms of a musical because it's not, the songs aren't in the story. Yes. Like other musicals we've talked, West Side Story is them singing about them loving each other. Yeah. Hairspray is a mix between singing songs on the Corny Collins show and singing to each other. Yep. But this is cleverly putting the songs from the club against the events that are happening in the story. Yes. So maybe this time is she actually falls in love with a man instead of just slutting herself around, basically. Yeah. yeah. Not slut-shaming, like we're using that in the 2022 sex-positive version of the word. Yeah. And then the the fun just dancing on the stage thing while the guy's getting beaten up by the Nazis. Yes. The two ladies, well, there actually is two men. Ooh, love yeah. triangles. Love Threesons. triangles, thruples. They don't have a threesome. They just have a thruple. An unknown thruple to the other two. Yeah. Not like the polyamory we can have these days. Yes. Whatever that means. <laughs> That's done very cleverly in contrasting the songs and the club to what's going on in 1930s Berlin. Yeah. Because it, it actually, like at points, it was hard to watch because there's still so much similarity like a lot of people are saying the way the world is at the moment things are changing and if we don't take notice and change things then it's going to go too far yes and you can definitely see and it's definitely a deliberate choice by the story writers to contrast this like, oh, they're all just having fun in the club. And yeah. while the Nazis are growing, they're just drinking and fucking and having a good time and not noticing that the Nazis, oh, now the Nazis have taken over. Yeah. While we've been down in this basement watching mud wrestling, some Jews have been killed yeah, upstairs. I think that it's like at the start, it's all like happy, happy. Everybody's just living their life yep. in Berlin. The club is separate to real the real world. Yes. And then you see it's like the opening credits is just here's a crowd at the club. And then the, the opening end credits, credits were done very well. Yeah. Slowly kind of bringing the crowd noise in, then bringing the crowd visual in. So we kind of feel like we're walking down into the basement club and then the MC comes in and then we're in. It is interesting that it's like the credits or the opening isn't, hasn't got music. Usually in a, a song. Yeah, usually yeah. in a musical, you would open with a song. Or an overture. Yeah, and this is just like the crowd noise and before yeah. the show starts, really. Yeah, it does feel like we're going down into the club. And that's reflected, I think, as well 
in the way it's shot, it's not slick. Like if you think about some of the ones, like in Chicago, the way they show the stage numbers, it's very slick and it's a big crowd and it's yeah. shot for the sake of seeing Catherine Zeta-Jones or Renee Zellweger. Yep. Whereas this is shot, you're in the audience. Yes. And occasionally a waitress walks past you. Yep. Or you can't see a little bit of the stage because of someone's head. Yeah. And so I think that opening goes with that. You're walking down into the club and then the scenes that are in the club, you're a patron. Yes. Which is very well done, I think. And the whole thing is shot very real. Like we said about It's a Wonderful Life, you feel like an observer because there's a shot where you can't see half of Liza's face when it's in her bedroom. There's like the bars yeah. of flowers or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't feel like it's structured for you to be seeing this telling of the story. It's just observing what's going on. And yeah. I think that's done very well and really exemplifies, which might not be the right word, you being in the club. Exemplifies. Interesting. Yes. And don't know if that is the right word. No. Like you were saying, that one of the first things that the MCC MC says is leave your troubles behind. Yeah. But then to contrast that opening to the closing, um, the troubles are very much in the club by the end of the movie. Yeah. But then it's interesting, he's like and yeah, he's, he's like, so it's like you come in, leave your troubles, yep. then you watch a show, then at the end it's like, where are your troubles now? And it's interesting, it's like, where are your troubles now at the end of the movie? It's like, well, yeah, some as we people... scroll across that shot <laughs> and there's like 12 Nazis yep. sitting at tables, there, there's our troubles. And I think that contrast is very, that arc, I guess, is the story of Berlin in the 30s because, and I wrote in the ending, Nazis are sucking all the fun out of it, which probably diminishes yeah. the, <laughs> the actions of the Nazis. But the the ending is almost like the MC's like, well, fuck this, I'm out. Because he just goes. Yeah. And I almost feel like from there, MC might be like, done. He might not come back to the club and it could be, it's almost up in the air like it could be the end of his time at the club or the end or of the, the club. club. And yep. Because I, from my year 10 history, mm. um, the Nazis were not fans of jazz. No, anything fun. So, Like if you're at some sort of outdoor drinking thing where you're drinking beer with your friends and then all of a sudden some Aryan kid gets up and starts singing a Nazi anthem and you're just like, well, that, now I'm not having fun. At Three times through the movie I wrote something and then like 10 seconds later that thing was revealed. Oh, like when that kid started singing, I, I wrote down, this kid's obviously Hitler Youth and then the... Camera pans and you see that yeah. swash sticker on his arm. I'm like, oh, okay, he's yeah. Hitler Youth. Like they obviously cast that kid because he looked like he was the one that Goebbels got to be on the poster. And you know, Hitler Youth. He grew up to be. He moved to Austria 
And he was I Rolf. Am 16 going on 17. He was Rolf in The Sound of Music. <laughs> After that singing gig, because uh, singing wasn't a big thing for the Nazis. No. He had to get a job as a postal worker. He had to get a job worker. as a mailman. Yep. And dropped things off to Georg von Trapp in Austria. Yeah. Connections. We're all about connections. And this one is connected to Austin Powers. Like yes, Wayne's World was last week. Yeah. Where Basil Exposition plays the same character. Um, yes, pretty much. And it, it totally like it totally makes sense that this guy got a job as a writer, then got into Cambridge, then was so clever that he gets picked up by MI6. Oh yeah, and or because he can speak German as well. Yeah, yep. and ends up being a spy. Yeah, because that's could've... where he went at the end. He got on the train, went to MI6, went to MI6, met Judy Dench, and then took over Austin Powers. Yep. Or is Judy Dench MI5? Uh-huh. Is MI5? They're different. MI5, MI6. Maybe. I don't is know. Is it like the difference between the CIA and the FBI? Is it? Is it MI6? Is it like the difference between British intelligence? Tom Croydon and Interpol? <laughs> or I ASIO? don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know what these fictional stories, uh, anyway, how they're related. <laughs> Brian from Cabaret Brian. becomes a spy at the end of the movie. And so Cabaret with Liza Minnelli is in the same universe as Austin Powers. Yep. Gold member. <laughs> because if you look at the year difference... It's, 1969. It's about 30 years. It's about 30 years. And so... 1972 to 1996. Yeah. Same aging. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Same character. It was it was hard to watch. Like, at the start of the movie, watching... <laughs> oh. Lee just finished his drink. <laughs> the more you drink the cabaret cock... Now, Lee's going to be drunk by halfway through this episode. We both have sweet tooths. Yep. If you are, if you have a bitter tooth, yeah, I don't know if that's, I don't a, know if that's a thing. Yep, um, I've met a few people that are generally bitter, but I don't know yeah. if they have a bitter tooth. If you have a bitter tooth, then a cabaret cock. There's another one here that you wouldn't finish, and I don't know if I can go to it now. Well, don't. That's fine. Um, if you have a bitter tooth, then a cabaret cocktail is probably good. It's because it's if like... If you like a gin martini... I think it's the dry gin with the dry vermouth and the bitters that probably you're meant to put more of the um, chartreuse in it. It's that meant to be sweeter. You need something sweeter in it for me, for yes. my taste. Should we... Because absinthe isn't sweet enough to mix with it. Should we make our own version of the cabaret and put a little something sweet in there? A little raspberry, we can raspberry lemon, cordial. lemonade or something. Yeah. We can chuck that. We just in mix there. it with lemonade, um, and then we'll be right to finish it. Yes. Anyway, anyway, it was kind of hard <laughs> to watch at the start to watch Michael York, Basil Exposition, because he's Basil Exposition. It's the yeah. same thing. He has the same voice, but he's so English. Yeah, and it's good story work, and it's good characterization to put a stuck-up boy straight out of Cambridge. Into the middle of Berlin in the thirties, yeah, which and and into the Kit Kat Club, and he falls in love with Sally Bowles, who's this simple, innocent, energetic American girl who's just loving life, yeah. And I I do 
like, and I can see how this icon, the iconic nature of the film, has come by all the hedonism in it. Like, yes. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to drink and I'm going to sleep with this man if I want to. And the, uh, so much of what Sally Bowles says, particularly early on, when she's like, "Oh, I just feel it's better to go to the man's house because then it doesn't look like you planned it." Yeah, she's a slut. <laughs> but in a totally okay way. I think it, they do that to set up how kind of um, free the lifestyle is pre-full Nazis. Full Nazis. And, and I, think, I think Europe, Europe generally speaking, is freer than, yeah. you know, England. America and Australia, but I think Berlin in the twenties generally were freer as well. Yeah, um, and then you know Germany and Berlin and Europe um, very free in the twenties, and I think definitely it's a contrast to then what we know about what the the Nazis did as they increased their power, mm. and it is. But the the Nazis are never at the front of the movie. No. They have a couple of moments and there's they, that scene where there's the dancing on the stage and then the bashing in the street. It builds across the movie. Yeah. Which like obviously at that time in real life it would have they would have become more um in the forefront of what was going on every every yes. day for Berliners. And ich bin ein Berliner. Yeah. Yeah, it was just... I think it was very clever to put an Englishman in there because for the audience that it's targeting, the American English audience, mm. it's it makes you identify with Brian and you're like, oh, this is so foreign, being so yes. sexually open and so hedonistic that is not an English thing to do. And then there's that, and that really is like brought into sharp focus when he's sitting there in the club and there's the mud wrestling and then there's the shots of the patrons laughing their heads off. And, and then he goes to the toilet and, then, yeah. and there's a drag queen next yep. to him. And that's a bit of a shock. Mm-hmm. And then later, Sally Bowles references it. And when she's talking to another patron and then he calls her over after they become a kind of couple. Yeah. Um, and she's like, that's okay. I told him he had just a tu- I had just a touch of syphilis. And then the drag queen's sitting with him and then she's like, wait till she get a load of get a what load of what he's got. got she's yeah. got. <laughs> there are it's you know what? Because the interesting thing from what I remember, obviously the thing I remember a bit about the movie is the Music and then the love triangle. There's less line. songs in it than I thought. So did I. It's and then it's because I think it's because, like we said, the songs aren't kind of part of the story. They're just yeah. mostly well, they are all are except the Nazi anthem. Yeah. All are just show, cabaret songs. Yeah, which I I. Yeah, it's just, I think that's very well done. And I didn't, the more I think about it since watching it yesterday, I think 
that that yeah that is really well done to contrast the club to 1930s Berlin and Germany because I think it was like it was but also there's some of the songs were quite spaced out like the start obviously you do there's a long we'll, time we'll comment at the start yep. then she does mine hair and then there's a very long time until I think the next song is maybe this time two ladies there's oh. a long time Maybe this time, then two ladies, yeah. Yeah, there's a long time between mine hair and maybe this time, I think. I yeah. I have in my um, list that the first song after that long break, yeah, so it goes, Will Common, mine hair, two ladies, and then it seems like a long break. No, no, this is in no. the wrong order. It does do, because... Because that you don't do two ladies until um, Max gets there, which is quite a bit later in the film. Yes, because I originally thought at the start that then the love triangle thing was between Liza, Basil Exposition, and Fritz. Yeah, but then no, Fritz, because as Fritz says, we do not sleep on each other. No, we do not sleep on each other. So it's Will Common, Mine Hair, and then there's a long break before maybe this time, and mm. then Money Money. Two ladies sitting pretty is the one that is contrasted with the the bashing. Yep. Tomorrow belongs to me is the Hitler Youth song. Tiller Girls, Hyraten by Greta Keller. If you could see her, Joel Gray, Cabaret finale. I feel like Joel Gray gets more songs than Liza Minnelli. Twelve, only twelve songs. Mm. Like this is regarded as one of the. Best movie musicals of all time. And one it of has, the best movies of all time. It has 12 songs in it. Yeah. We talked about in the preview the list to contrast uh, The Sound of Music has 16 songs. Mm-hmm. That's a longer movie, I think. Yes. It's so long. I don't know if we, we will do The Sound of Music yeah, at some point. because but we have to have some sort of progression between... Nazis being featured in movie musicals. That's true. The <gasps> We could also then do the producers. Oh, yeah. We, the songs in Singing in the Rain, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. How many in like West Side Story though? That's more, but that's got more singing in it than yeah. this. Yeah, I, I think... It's so interesting that the genre of musical is so interesting because like you get something like West Side Story, which is all about all of the songs are singing within the story. Yeah. You get something like we're fans of Dreamgirls, which is half half. Yes. Hairspray is about 60-40. Yep. This cabaret is only on stage. Yes. And then Singing in the Rain is all singing within it, except for one or two. Except for one, which is a bit weird. Yeah. So this, I've just Googled West Side Story soundtrack. It's got 10 songs. Well, I was That's thinking not right. anyway, it's like, I thought that there would be more Liza songs. She's only She only gets four songs. Well, Money, money is a duet. Money, money. Maybe mine this hair, time. Maybe mine this hair time. Is cabaret. Thing. Cabaret. Four, yeah. So lucky they gave her maybe this time. 
Yeah, because that's originally not in the thing. Yeah. Lucky they decided to give her own song. Money Money is a good song. It's a very good song. And I think you and I should do that at karaoke sometime. Oof. So start to learn it. Okay. You want to be MC or you want to be I sang it. I sang it um, at school really? um, when I was, what year was it? Year nine or year 10 drama. And we were split up into groups and we had to do some story. We had to make up some story. And I don't know what it, ours happened to then. Our drama teacher suggested, because all of us in the in our drama group could sing as well, because we, okay. picked, we picked the groups ourselves and I picked yeah, my friends. Yeah, of course. Of course. That we, were in, we were all in the musicals as well. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's like, oh, this, this. And one of the th- things in the story was about money. So we sung a bit of that. Money, 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 money. But it money, wasn't money. like the full song. We weren't going. If you got to who we hit and a hoop and a hoop, were and a you hoop, dropping a mark into your jocks in time for a cowbell? No, I was um, fourteen, yeah. so I don't think I was. Um, yeah, but I remember. Was that your going. drama teacher start with a M? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it because was because I we, feel like if because, your drama teacher had started with a D. Like my year 11 senior play director, yeah, she would, she would have gotten have, you yeah. to drop a coin into we your We did jocks. some sort of mashup with Money, Money and Money, Money, Money by ABBA. Oh my God. I think there was, we in the same scene, we sung both songs. This was pre-Glee. This was pre-Glee. We were Glee. Brian Murphy was in the room. He stole our idea. He stole your idea. <laughs> Oh, my God. And now Ryan Murphy's listening to our podcast and yeah. was like, why the fuck did I not mash up those two songs? Yeah, money, money, and I money, money, money. six years of a now very questionable teen comedy, <laughs> musical, <laughs> drama, TV Which show. Cabaret features in. Yep. Maybe this time by Leah Michelle and Chris, Kurt. Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah. What's the duet that she does with Kurt, who we don't like? <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> no, we don't like him. What, we, in which duet? bit? She sings a duet with Kurt at some point, Leah Michelle. Towards the end. They're a competition for a solo. Defying Gravity. Defying Gravity. Thank you. Which was from Wicked. Wicked. Which Christian Chenoweth was in. Mm. So it's all linked, you see. It's all all linked to to Christian Christian Chenoweth. Chenoweth. Six degrees of Christian Chenoweth. Chenoweth. We have a new Six Degrees trivia segment coming up at the end of this. Yeah. So last week for Austin Powers, we just... Forgot honestly, we forgot to record it. Yeah, that's so I've true. just put a trivia in from a previous episode. But we're going to do um, trivia later. Flegum, P- plegum, plegum, plegum. I did love that. That it's like <laughs> it's like oh, we ha- we now have a party for speaking the English. Yeah, and then the guy's like, yeah, sure. And Michael York's like, no, fuck off. Yeah, um, and Liza's like, I'm gonna stay because I'm a yeah. jealous bitch. All of a sudden. <laughs> Someone is interested in my friend. Yeah. Uh, men and women can't be friends. I'm sorry. Even Michael York, who's gay. <laughs> Who may or may not be gay not or bisexual. <laughs> yeah. Not Michael York, Brian. the character. Brian Cranston. Not no, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad. He's not gay. Brian something. As a person who's done a third of a linguistics master's, I found those um, scenes around the English... Language, very good. I love it because when she's like, so you don't say the G? Yeah. yeah. Why, Why is not? it there? He goes, I don't know. Oh, I can't tell well, you. So I was... Because like 
I've done a third of a master's in linguistics and I don't know why it's there. <laughs> Plegum. Plegum. No, it'll be... it's pronounced... It's P-H is always... P-H-L-E-G-M. Like, I'm sorry for... Like, if anybody listening has English as a second language or is on yeah. Duolingo and for yeah. some reason has suggested to listen to Two Drink Cinema to yeah. learn English, if you see a word P-H-L-E-G-M, not, in, not ever in a million years... Would you think it's pronounced phlegm? No. Phlegm. Phlegm. Yeah. It's dumb. English is a dumb language. It is a dumb language. And there's so many cases in English where it's just, it's just there. Yeah. And they do make a few jokes about the English language and the English lessons. When um, Fritz... Is early for the meeting after he's just been dumped by what's her name. He mm. comes in and he's like, "I'm going to slit on my throat." I'm thinking I am <laughs> going to be slitting my throat. Yeah, and he goes, "No, just cut, like, cut your throat. Just <laughs> cut your throat." <laughs> oh, suicide jokes. Crap. Um, it's it's a it's funnier. There's more funny lines in there than I thought there were. Yeah, but it's not. But I didn't always laugh out loud. No, because it's just like, kind no. of in there. Did you SQ? I did not. I'd SQ'd at a couple of points. Okay, yeah. SQ is um a family yeah. joke. Uh, what's the S down? Snigger quietly. Sni- snigger. Snigger quietly. So you just go snigger quietly. <laughs> yeah. You don't laugh out loud. Yeah, because as our cousin says, yeah. nobody lolls when they write lol. Nobody goes, you don't go, <laughs> and you, then just go you just type go, type lol. <laughs> lol. Yeah. So you SQ. <laughs> SQ. Um, Sometimes I just S, smile, just and then text back. You, go, yeah. mm. um, you know what? It was weird how much of the start of the movie it was about kind of Sally and Brian and then uh, Natalia and Fritz. Yep. And then after a bit, you you just, you didn't see Fritz and Natalia for a while. It just kind of went into the background until they wanted to bring up the Jew thing. Yeah. So they were just like, oh, well, we'll just leave that there while we then become, while Max, a creepy German guy with a terrible moustache, comes into the dry cleaner. A, a creepy bisexual German appears and yeah. just throws a cat in amongst those pigeons. Yeah. So then he's like, oh, and then they go from zero to 100. They're like, oh, well, we're just going to, you know, go to go our to share our share house. And then, oh, we're rich. Let's go to Africa. Like, sure. Yeah. Mind you, if a bisexual rich German came into my dry cleaners and said, let's go to Africa, I'd be tempted. I don't know, because then I'd be like Meryl in, out of Africa, and I do not want to be that. Although I think she was Dutch. I can't. I, like, this is, might sound terrible. But I can't visualize a train going through Africa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I've never seen that. Right. Like, in other movies and whatever, we've seen trains go through the English countryside oh, okay. and the yep. train goes across to Paris and we've seen trains go, you know, to Hill Valley 1885. Yes. But a train and then... Maximilian's like, oh, and they have to stop the train sometimes because giraffes are eating the trees. Like, really? 
Like the train just goes across the savannas of Africa. I struggled to visualize that. Yeah. That could be an indication of how little I know about that continent. Yes. I should ask my husband. He did live there for two years. Um, I'm sure they have trains in like the maid, like he lived in Lagos, which was like the capital of Nigeria. I'm yeah. sure they had trains they there. They have trains in Africa. But the way Maximilian was describing it was like across the savannah yeah. of Africa, there's just a train that goes along and you can, like the bus at Werribee Open Range Zoo, you just see you the just giraffes. Go, yeah, yeah. Giraffes? Giraffes. Giraffes. Yeah, giraffes. Not giraffes. It's not a V. Um, but they didn't go because he had to go to Argentina and he dumped them by a 350 yeah. marks. After he knocked her up. Um, Possibly. I'm pretty sure it was um, Max's. We'll never know because all of a sudden she has no fur coat. All of a sudden she they didn't say they didn't talk about abortion until they had to talk about abortion. It was like, well, I've got a baby, but I can't keep it. Oh, but no, we're going to keep it. Cheers to you and the baby to my cabaret cocktail I don't really like. Yeah. Oh, and then all of a sudden she comes out with the fur coat and Michael York just goes, abortion. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. She had one. Which is a bitch move. Yeah, but it, as you said, it's probably not his baby. Yeah, but they were going to raise it as if it was his. And they were going to get married. It was like in Will and Grace, you know, in the original. How it was like, Grace was pregnant. Yes. And with Harry Connick Jr.'s baby. Okay. But he wasn't in the picture anymore. So then Will and Grace were going to raise the baby together. There's a movie but then where that Harry happens. Connick Jr. gets back in the picture and Grace is just like going to go, well, I'm just going to live with him and he's going to be my da- baby daddy. And then Will is all just like, well, fucking hold up, bitch. What about me? After eight seasons, Will's yeah. like, we spent eight seasons together. Yeah. What are we fucking doing now? Yeah. Yeah. So I, Will is um, Michael York in this situation. That's true. And that's actually Harry Connick Jr. is the abortion. That's also <laughs> it's also accurate because Will and Michael York's Sleep proclivities <laughs> might be in the same direction. It's Michael York's sexuality. He's just like I don't sleep with women because I tried it three times and it was a disaster. Yeah, and then he sleeps with Liza, and Liza's like, well, those three women must have been terrible. Yeah, so is that he's actually bi, and he's into women, or it's just that she's had that much sex that she's good at it, even with a gay man? I don't know. Because as as soon as Max is like, here, have a bit of gold, he's like, well, all right, legs in the air, I'm now a homo. there we go. I... From the conversation of the subtlety of early seventies cinema, <laughs> um, that that was that happened in the at the start of the movie. I thought it was like, I don't sleep with women. Wink, wink. I'm a gay man. Well, but then she said, "Why didn't you tell me you were into boys?" She didn't say it. That's the 2022 way of saying it. Then he didn't say, "I'm into boys." He just said, I don't sleep with women because the first three were a disaster. That is subtly but well done. But then later... Does he say? Does he not say, I'm into boys because um, he's not or because it's a movie? And we need to leave that until the rich German comes along later. Yeah. And the 1972 audience might have struggled with that being so blatantly described. Yeah. The Hayes Code 
might have made it Although, then a higher rating. But then there is that song about two ladies. So, <laughs> um, I have a question. Sure. Do they have Jewish names? Oh, you bitch. <laughs> That's so funny, but also that totally goes in with Sally Bold's character of being innocent and simple. And it's simple bordering on Dal Kerrigan simple. But it's like she's socially... The castle, patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema. She's socially... Um, extroverted. Yeah. But it's also like she doesn't have a lot of social awareness of other people, mainly because she's so self-involved that yeah. she talks all the time and doesn't listen to anybody else. Did Liza win? Yeah. Good. Because Sally Bowles' character is incredible. Yes. A- and like Liza's portrayal is so good at representing the depth of Sally Bowles' character because quite easily, I think these days, and again, if we compare it to Chicago, which is probably the closest kind of movie musical we can compare it to stylistically, potentially. Yeah. There's not, there's no depth to Roxy and Velma. Like a couple yeah, of times, Catherine yeah, yeah, yeah. Zeta-Jones is like, I just want to be fucking famous. Fuck that bitch. Like that's, but that's not depth of character. There are, there are subtle changes in facial expression that Liza Minnelli does. And there is that whole scene where she cries into Brian's arms about how un, in, unvaluable she is and about how she's nothing contrasted against the way she talks at that dinner at Maximilian's mansion. And then, like, all of a sudden she'll be like, ha, 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 and then a little bit of changed facial and she's actually really depressed. Yes. Liza's portrayal of all of that is actually incredible. I think that she's the greatest Judy Garland impersonator I've ever seen in my life. Oh, she's incredible. Judy could have done this very well if she wasn't Dorothy. I think that would have been the same issue that Julie Andrews faced. Like, going from being Dorothy... To being Sally Bowles. Oh, right. Is going from being Maria Von Trapp to being Sally Bowles. Yes. Even though I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. When did Sound of Music come? Before this. 65. Yeah. yeah. I think. I, I like that list that we had in the preview episode of who they looked at for Sally. I can't picture anybody else doing no, it. No. And I, I, as much as Barbara's great and as much as Julie Andrews is great. The, the Liza's portrayal of this simple mm. and this simple girl that's just loving life, but also isn't loving life. Barbara, She's so sad. Barbara could have done it, but being someone that is so, how do I say this delicately? Jewish. Openly looking. Jewish. That kind of changes the story a bit. Because that's something that Sally Bowles, as a character, doesn't have to concern herself with. And and has no understanding of. Yeah, because it doesn't affect to, her life. Do they have Jewish nuns? If yeah. you looked at Barbara Streisand, you'd know whether or not Barbara knew that. Yeah, because she's Yentl. But, like, but Babs is great, and Babs is a great actor, but 
Liza Minnelli's portrayal of the, the the movie is all contrasts. Yes. Right. The contrast of the club versus the contrast of what the Nazis are doing, and the contrast of Sally Bowles, life of the party on the stage. Oh my God, the international sensation Sally Bowles, versus then all of a sudden she's talking to someone else, and you can see, just see how sad she is because her father didn't meet her or how sad she is because she has to choose between the life she has and the baby that she has. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. Like, and like, I think we said in the preview, I don't think we could name many other Liza movies. Yeah. Because it is so iconic. It's so iconic. And, but then, like, when Liza was singing, I was like, it doesn't sound very Liza, because most of my life I've heard Liza impersonators. Yeah. And so instead of, life is a cab, it's, life is a cab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put on this, you know, drag queen performance of Liza Minnelli, whereas, like, Liza singing is incredible. Um. The contrast thing, it is the biggest part of the movie. That the cabaret, life is a cabaret. Old chum. And cabaret, you know, it's just this separate world that is um, not part of the real world. That you do go and forget about your troubles. Yep, yep. And until the Nazis are sitting there in the audience. Yep. Um, waking up a couple with a bottle of champagne is very strange. Yeah, you know what else is strange? Being on a small rowing boat and having a butler there just to hold the champagne <laughs> chilling bucket. What are you talking about? We have a butler here next to pouring our oh, cocktails. Thank you, Chad. <laughs> it's Chad S. Minkwo is our butler. Everyone. Chad S. Minkwo. So, speaking of, actually, Wait, can I have one more question? Yeah. Is that one pillow on the bed? <laughs> After they have this big discussion about abortion and everything, you were like, is that one massive pillow? It's the like it's the second most emotional scene in the whole film. Right? Yeah. So yeah. like she has a breakdown about her dad not seeing her. And then like they have this huge fight that she got an abortion without his and she discussion. going on about being a femme fatale. And she's about as fatale as an after-dinner <laughs> mint. And then at the end of all of that, I just turn to you and go, is that one pillow? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and I was like, that's a big bed. Yeah. <laughs> but also they should have moved in with each other way before they did. Yeah, it was a bit strange. I don't think I could have one pillow with Shane. Okay, no. Like, I can't have one pillow with myself. But it's the width of the bed. How do you, like, I Move turn it. and sleep on my side. I put my hand under the pillow when I sleep sometimes. One, no, anyway, sorry, maybe, maybe, it's not a very important plot point and we don't need to dwell on it. (laughs) Um, You know what scene I think was the most like confronting, maybe confronting is not the right word, where the the big Nazi anthem. I think that was the moment in the movie where (laughs) you're watching it and you go, 
oh, isn't Cabaret fun? They're living a great life. They've got this rich German guy here now, blah, blah, blah. And then they're sitting there having a drink. And then it's like... And Michael York's clearly in love then. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no Nazis. Sorry, sorry. We forgot about the Nazis. Yeah. Everybody remember Nazis. It's like that moment in The Sound of Music where they're all like, and then they're like, oh, they have to hide in the cemetery now because yeah, Nazis. Because Nazis. And then there's another hour of the film to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then they've got to walk all the way to fucking Switzerland. It's. <laughs> Is that what they do? My geography's off. Walking goes quicker when you're singing. Yeah. Do a deer, a female. That's it depends what great, tempo the song is. It's a I great guess. walking song. Like that DJ last night went like three different temp Macarena. Don't get me started. We went out last night to a place that was trash. And <laughs> the DJ was okay. It, no, the DJ picked good songs, but he occasionally. The, okay, the place wasn't trash, the place was nice. The, pe- the yeah. majority of the patrons were trashy. Or yep. trash de. And you know it's a great place where they've taken the locks off the bathroom stalls in the men's. Yeah. Well, it's much quicker to do your lines of cocaine if you don't have to worry about locking lock the, door. the door. The so oh, so many smashed glasses. I actually like yelled at someone. Like, are you fucking serious? Because they smashed <laughs> another glass. Then we got rained on because some chicks were hitting the top of the marquee and flicking off the water from the previous rains onto us. Yeah. The DJ played the Macarena, which is fine. We love the Macarena. It's 2022. Yep. It's almost 30 years old. Yep. The Macarena, that's just making us feel old. But then he'd like go, like pick a tempo, mate. Was that even the Macarena? No, it's just singing notes. Okay. Anyway, the MC stays much more in time than that DJ last night. It's an interesting character, the MC. I had in my head, and maybe this is from the time I saw it on the stage, that he was much more androgynous. Yeah, well, I think it can be, but it's yeah. like... I think it's open to that, but he seemed much more male, male. masculine yeah. than what I'd seen well, on the when, stage previously. When there's a song that's two ladies and I'm the only man. And I'm the only man, yeah. Um, what do you have a favorite song? Uh, maybe this time is a very good song. It's a good song, but also money, money as a, like in terms of a performance, musical duets. Yeah, that's a great song. Mm. I, we're gonna learn it. We're gonna do it a karaoke. I after we watched it, I had cabaret. Well, it's the last song as well, so yeah. that doesn't help. Yeah, but I had stuck in my head. I was for like a good couple of hours. I was like walking well, around going... You have to wait a couple of hours before they even sing Cabaret. Jump. I thought, it, in my mind, I always thought it was like towards the start. It was like Will Common into Cabaret. Yeah. But no. Because we're welcoming you to a Cabaret. No fears a Cabaret, old child. She, it's like, it's almost that thing where it's like, oh, she's been... This is a very good acting performance throughout the movie. And then she does that... Song at the end, you're like, oh, just give her the award. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on, she's Jennifer Hudson. This very yeah. well. It's that moment before interval where Jennifer Hudson is like, "Give me the Oscar in yeah. song form." Yeah, it's like Anne Hathaway. She's like, "Give me it now." I'm in the movie for eight minutes. Yeah. I've shaved my head and I'm crying. Give me an Oscar. Yeah, 
Or did you mean from when she was in The Dark Knight Rises? No, I was talking about Princess Diaries. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, that's pretty much covered all of the movies. The ending's interesting. It does just end. It's just like, blah, 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 blah. Great thing. We met Max. Max is gone. Um, yeah. And then it's like, yep, not here anymore. Uh, great. Fritz is back. He's a Jew. Gets married to the other Jew. Their Oppa. life is sorted oh, for the next few. Not Jewish. <laughs> Muzzle's off to them. And then it's like, oh, got an abortion. Michael York gets on the train, pisses off. Well, Liza goes la- back to Cabaret. That's my last note. It goes quick, but not overly explained. Like, stuff happens. Yeah. But it's not like, let's stop and talk about this. Goodbye. It just goes along. It's like, goodbye. I'm going back to the Kit Cut Club. Which halfway through the movie seemed to get a makeover. Yeah. It also took them a long time to name the club. Yeah. Oh, I worked down at the cabaret and then like an hour later it's the Kit Kat Club. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We've, We've covered got to the, the movie moment everyone's been waiting for. Start to end. Chad the butler. I'm gonna need to wrap this up because I'm drunk off two <laughs> cabaret cocktails. It's bloody f- it's four shots of Four shots. It's uh, is an ounce no. thirty mils. Uh, hey Google. Yeah. Is an ounce thirty mils? Hear what Google says. An ounce, three million ounces is eight hundred and fifty kilos. Oh well, eight hundred and fifty thousand kilos. That's not what I asked. How many ounces is thirty mils? Well, I think. One ounce is 30 mils. One ounce is 30 mils. Yeah. So there's three shots if you have each an, of those cocktails. An, yeah. Because there's an ounce and a half. An ounce and a half, an ounce of and a gin, half. An ounce of vermouth yeah. and half an ounce of chartreuse. Yeah. Plus a few drops, which was a quarter yeah. of an ounce by Brett's pouring oh, sh- of absinthe. And a couple of drops of... Anyway, I'm drunk. Let's... Do the Chad S. Minquo scale before Chad the butler cracks it and leaves without giving me another drink. C is for crying. Did you cry? No. Oh. Yeah. Liza did a lot. Liza cried a lot, but I'm not giving a point for that. You didn't cry at all? No. Nah. House, trailer, apartment. Well, it's an interesting thing I was thinking about this Mm. because, like, Natalia has a massive house because she's rich. Right, Fritz. Maximil- Maximilian Fritz has a massive house because he's rich. Yes, Liza and Brian live in a massive house, but only in a room. One room with a shared bathroom that may run out of hot water. So I'm going to give it a two. Okay, because it's like an apartment. Apartment. Yeah, yeah I'm, I was thinking apartment as well. Yeah. Um, alcoholic. Oh, yeah. What's the maximum? Five. Five? <laughs> yeah. They Five. drink a lot. Like, what, she have the brandy with an egg in it or with the oyster or something? Five's just my score. The um, Worcestershire and the egg. That's not brandy. Well, then she says brandy. She goes... Or with an oyster. No, after she gets the abortion, she says, is there any brandy? Put an egg in it and I'll call it breakfast. Yeah. So, uh, but then D of Chad is for drink Coke or Pepsi. Don't know. Neither. Zero. Okay. S is stand-up ability. Is how well does it stand up? What do you rate it? Um, out of oh, five? Actually, can we talk... Speaking of standing up, can we talk about how little of my big screen it took up? 
Yeah, that was weird. Is the disc around? Uh, yeah, it's in the okay. cupboard. I'm going to get it because it says something. Cupboard. In the bookcase. Okay. It's um, so under C. Unfortunately, it's not on any streaming things, even though it's one of the greatest movies ever made, um, and very iconic. So on the DVD, right? So I regular full time listeners will know that I have a big screen at at home. So it says it's it didn't take up the full screen, right? Yep. And it says somewhere in the thing. I don't know if it took up my whole screen on my TV. Hang on. It says somewhere on here. Okay. Widescreen version. Presented in a matted widescreen format. Preserving the aspect ratio of its original theatrical exhibition. Oh, okay. So, but I like mine was full. I've like got a big screen. Mine was full, like widescreen. Yeah, but like you know the size of my screen. Actually, I don't think it's full widescreen. Anyway, but anyway, you like it was just very strange. So stand upness. What do you think? Um, the story and the movie stands up very well. Um, some of the aspect of the movie making, like the sound. Yeah, the sound, I quite liked that it seemed very live in the cabaret scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like the piano's a bit honky-tonky out of tune. Yeah. It seems like in maybe this time... It's recorded live yeah. there. I like that in that. I'm going to maybe a four out of five. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.75. Because I just feel like for other audiences, I don't think they'd be engaged as much as now. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? People watching movies now wouldn't be engaged yes. as they were 50 years ago. Let me write this in the right spot. All right, we're definitely doing the two-drink cinema today. Impact. Oh, no, fuck, I wrote that in memorability. Memorability. How memorable is it? Two and a half. Three. I feel like because I remember the love triangle, I remember the songs, but I do not at all remember about the Nazis. Impact. What kind of social or cinematic impact... Does the film have to this day? Three. Okay. I'm going to give it a three as well. The iconicness of Liza's performance, I think I'm putting it up. I think that in terms of like movie musicals, it was quite different at the time because previously all movie musicals had been like, you know, cha la 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 la. Yeah. You know, and like happy, happy. Not really done in this way of the contrast of, and having the songs not really in the show, As in a the show. story. Yep, yep, yep. Nostalgia. This one, is a hard like a one. one. Yeah, I think a one. Quotability. Do you count the songs? The songs as quotability? as quotability. Yeah, I think so. Well, I'd because say a. F- 
I three quite and often, a half. I quite often say to people, you know what? Money makes the world go round. Life is a cabaret, old chum. I usually ask people if there are Jewish nuns all the time. And so. to be honest, whenever I go out to a venue, I often approach two ladies. Twilit it today. Twilit it today. Three and a half. Three for me and three and a half because I quite actually don't ask about Jewish nuns that often. Um, overall rating. Out of five? Out of five. Four. Yeah, four. Mainly a lot of it is Liza. Liza is just iconic. Um, okay, so that means that we are getting a score. Um, and I've just realised I've put this all in the wrong spot. So money makes the... Sing something as an interlude. Minquo's money is definitely helping us. In the space of a week, Minquo's gone from being our patron to being our butler. Yeah, our benefactor <laughs> to our butler. He just does whatever he needs to do to be well, part of the show. Yeah, he's just really committed to making sure that this show has its best possible chance of success. Okay, so Cry, zero. House, two. Alcoholic, five. Drink, Coke versus Pepsi, zero, because I don't know if Coke was invented. Interesting. Do you want to know an interesting? In the Nazi times, when there were trade restrictions on Germany, mm -hmm. Hitler couldn't get the ingredients to make Coca-Cola. Oh. So he had his people in the Coke factories in Germany try to make Coca-Cola. They ended up making Fanta. Ah. So essentially, the Hitler Nazis invented Fanta. The Nazis invented Fanta. Jesus. So that's why I don't drink Fanta. Anyway, that's a zero for Coke versus Pepsi. Stand-up ability three point seven five and four. Memorability three and two and a half. Do you give two and a half, or did I? Um, Impact I three and three. Nostalgia one and one. Quotability three and three and a half. We both gave it a four out of five overall. So our uh, impact overall, the the S min quote is 42.75 and the Chad is seven. So overall, it's a 45 out of 50. Ooh, yeah. that's a lot higher than Wayne's World. Well, Wayne's World, which we said was high last week, got a 36. No, it's a 36.75 for Wayne's World out of 45. But... Cabaret has a 42.75 out of 45. That's very so high. So it is high. Really bolstered by the alcohol score, I believe. Yes. Which is also what this recording has been helped by these cocktails that I have consumed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We've talked about cabaret. If you would like to give your input into future episodes and to future movies, then get onto our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema, and you can have your reviews read out as a part of our episode. If you are unable or unwilling to give us some money on the Patreon, then like uh, and review and rate us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or just tell your friends. It makes a huge difference to us getting a little bit more out there as to drink cinema. This has been our review of Cabaret. Thank you, Brett, old chum. Auf Wiedersehen. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Drink Cinema. Make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss any future episodes. Please share with a friend and leave a rating and review. It goes a long way to help us reach a bigger audience. This show is produced by Oddsox Entertainment. For more of Oddsox Entertainment's work, including the show notes for this episode, follow the link in this episode description. Follow us on all your social platforms and join our Facebook group to connect with us. Thanks for listening. Happy watching and drink responsibly. Cheers. Let's have a chat. An open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. No pants, no problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at NoPantsPod.